Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It is a joy to be in the Word of God. It's a privilege to be able to speak and teach the Word of God and make a difference in people's lives. And that's just not me. That's all of us because we all are learning the Word and we don't ever want to become like the Dead Sea, just taking stuff in and not have any any outlet. So it's good for all of us to be preaching the Word and teaching people and feeding people the Word of God. And so uh, I'm blessed, by, I'm blessed, just blessed and excited to uh, be in Matthew chapter 7. If you haven't been with us, we've been doing this verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Matthew. We've been in the portion known as the Sermon on the Mount. And I like to call this sermon the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher who ever preached. These words that Jesus are preaching and, and coming out of his mouth are impacting and powerful, life-changing. And it was interesting to me, I was telling him first service, that it took Jesus probably about 30 minutes to preach this whole sermon. Now, we've been teaching it for almost three months, not just because I'm long-winded, although I, I can be, but, but because what he has to say is valuable. What he has to say is important. What he has to say will change your life forever, not only in this life, but in the life to come, in heaven. So that's why we take our time, because these, these words are impacting. These are, this is good stuff here that Jesus is, is teaching us in the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about kingdom living, you know that. Now remember I told you, Sermon on the Mount has a twofold purpose. Number one, the point, the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount is to drive us to Christ. Remember chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount covers chapter 5 through chapter 7. Remember chapter 5, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall receive the kingdom of God and those who are meek and those who are humble and those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And then in chapter 5 verse 48, Jesus comes out with this shocking statement. He says, therefore be ye perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. Well, who can be perfect? Who is perfect? No one's perfect. Now, there's a lot of people who think they're perfect. We know folks that think they're perfect. Your husband may think he's perfect. The wives go, I remind him he isn't. And wives, you might think you're perfect, but no one's perfect. And Jesus wasn't saying, you better be perfect. What he was doing was driving you to the cross because we all know we're not perfect. And thus, when we, when we see that we're not perfect, we see that we're not humble, we see that we're not poor in spirit, then we are driven to the cross and say, Lord, you are perfect. You are poor in spirit. And Father, I now hide myself in you. And the righteousness and the perfection that I receive is not 
accomplished in my own flesh and my own works and I better be good enough and I better do it all right. But it's God, I know I don't do it right, but Lord, you do it right. And so I'm putting my life in Christ. And when the father sees you and your imperfections, he sees you through the righteousness of Christ. So Jesus says, be perfect. Well, we are to be perfect as we Hide ourselves in Christ. So point number one, the Sermon on the Mount's intention is to drive you to Christ. Now, once you have been driven to Christ, you've given your life to him. He is now not only your savior, but also your Lord. Now the Sermon on the Mount's second point is to direct you in Christ. How do I live? Now that I'm a Christian... What do I do? How do I live? Well, the Sermon on the Mount now directs us in Christ. We're talking about kingdom living, being directed in Christ. Over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about directing direction in Christ in the area of giving, praying, fasting. Last week, we talked about kingdom folks. Don't worry. Don't worry. Verses 25 in chapter 6 through 34. Kingdom people, don't worry. Why? Because your heavenly father, he knows you have need of all these things. Therefore, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Kingdom people, don't worry. And now, chapter 7, man, we come to hot topic this morning. Oh, this is hot. This is too hot to handle. This is hot stuff, man. This chapter sizzles. You can write that over chapter, chapter 7 there. It sizzles. Because it really does, as Jesus is going to talk to us about this morning. Don't judge. Don't judge? Yeah, check it out. Look at Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, say amen. amen. Jesus said, judge not, that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank, big old two by four, in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, hey man, let me help you remove that speck from your eye. And look, a two by four is in your own eye. Hypocrite. I like that. That's my favorite word in here. Because <laughs> it's like Jesus talking, all these spiritual things, you know. Don't judge. I'm specking the eye. And he says, hypocrite. You hypocrite. Two-faced, mask wearer. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before pigs lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Sobering words, to say the least. Remember I told you last week in verses 24, I told you this morning, in verses 25 through 34, Jesus is talking about don't worry. And last week I told you this phrase, this statement, don't worry, in the Greek language or in the Greek grammar is in the present imperative. So it reads, don't worry, 
Don't ever, no, not ever, don't do it, don't worry. That's the way it reads in the Greek grammar. It's a present imperative. Don't do it. Well, here in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, judge not. You guessed it, again, in the present imperative, and it reads, don't judge. Don't ever, no, not ever, don't do it, don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge people. Don't be judgers. Now, we are not to judge. I think we all agree, would agree, this is probably the most well-known statement of Jesus in the Bible. But it is also the most misunderstood statement of Jesus in the Bible. And as a result, the most misapplied statement of Jesus in the Bible. Oh, it's well known. I mean, if you tell someone, and you know this is true, if it's ever, I'm sure it's happened to many. You say to someone, you know, bro, man, what you're doing? Probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, that's not good. And, um, you know, um, you know, the Bible says that we should, you know, not do bad stuff and sin. And, you know, that's not healthy for you, man. Don't, you know, don't morally, spiritually, it's not good. It is amazing to me. And even non-believers, people who don't even know the Bible, all of a sudden they become biblical in their thinking. And they don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? The Bible says, judge not and be ye not judged. Then with the same judgment you judge me, the same judgment is coming back to you. Don't judge me. It's like, wait a minute. Non-believers, non-Christians, people who never think about the Bible, they all of a sudden become biblical in their thinking. And don't you judge me who you think you are. I am amazed by that. And then they say to me, the Bible says, don't judge me. And they go through the whole verse. And I say to them, where in the Bible does it say that? Um, I don't know. But I know. The Bible says, don't judge me. I am amazed by that. Everyone knows this first. Non-believers know this first. There are a lot of people who really believe that we are never to judge. There are a lot of people who read this verse and take it literally. And they say we're never to judge. And then they put this whole thing about don't judging under this umbrella of tolerance. Tolerance? Yeah. No, we are never to judge. We should be tolerant people. People think you're never to judge. They say don't ever make or pass judgments on people. Some people say, you know, don't ever evaluate a person. We should be tolerant. Don't ever discipline your children. Always be positive and affirming. They say, hey, don't judge people. I mean, don't judge someone that's bad. You don't know what they've been through. They're just a a victim of circumstances and, and misunderstood. And you don't know what drove them to that. How can you judge them? Don't judge liars and cheaters and adulterers and murderers and rapists and robbers and politicians, terrorists and tyrants. 
Don't judge them, people say. Don't tell people what's right and wrong. And let me tell you something. When you say to people, don't, when you say to people and they say to you, you know, you tell them about something that they may be doing wrong or some sin and they say to you, you know, don't judge me. You know what they're actually saying? They're actually saying, don't tell me what's right and wrong. I will do whatever I want, when I want, how I want to do it. And I don't need you or anybody else telling me what to do. That's what they're really saying. But they say, oh, the Bible says... Don't judge me. Now, is Jesus saying we're never to judge? Is Jesus saying we're never to discern truth from error? Is Jesus saying there should be zero confrontation? Is Jesus saying we should abandon our critical faculties? Is Jesus saying we're never to judge? No, it's not what he's saying. Wait a minute, Rodney, are you saying something the Bible doesn't say? No, but Jesus isn't saying we are never to judge. As a matter of fact, the scriptures are clear. We not only are we to judge, we must judge. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, let me give you some verses here. And this was just a few off the top of my head in my studies in some areas in which we are to judge. If you got a pen, some of these you're going to have to look up in your own time because we don't have time to go over them this morning. But in the area of church arbitration or Christian arbitration, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. Look that up in your own time. Paul says, we as Christians are going to one day judge the angels so we ought to be able to handle the issues in the church talking about christian arbitration we need to judge matthew chapter 18 verse 15 through 17 the church or the leadership of the church should judge sin in the church and take appropriate action you see now if you're going to judge sin The Bible's talking about going to the brother. When you see a sin, you go to the brother. If you're going to judge sin, then that requires judgment and discernment. We are to judge. Now, when we see a sin in a brother, you can notice from the verse here, it says that we are to go to that brother in private. Go to him alone. Don't call the pastor. Don't call the church. When you see a a brother or a sister in sin, you're to go to them alone. Don't call the prayer chain. Oh, y'all know how we are. You know, you see a sin and you... Um, Look, I need to call the prayer chain, call the prayer request and call the prayer chain. And, um, you know, um, I ain't want to talk and you didn't get this from me. But, um, you know, let me tell you about brother so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. Can't you believe it? And we'll call it a prayer chain. We call it a prayer chain. Uh-uh. And you know what's amazing, too? It happens often, actually. People call up. You know they're gossiping. You know they're not calling for prayer. You know why? Because when they hang up the phone, they never prayed. Look, if you're calling for prayer, then have the decency to pray. Hello, but they they don't pray. No, go to him privately and and, and talk to him about 
his sin privately, the Bible says. The Bible also says, if you're taking notes, that we are to judge, get this, what teachers and preachers are teaching and preaching from the pulpit. Amen, saints? Don't believe stuff just because someone stands up and says, I'm a pastor. We have church on the outside of our building, and therefore we must be telling you the things of God. You don't just believe it because someone stands in a pulpit and tells them there's some authority. We need to search the scriptures. We need to know the scriptures. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, John said it like this. Beloved, that would be you. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Why? Read it with me. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's why. And when somebody stands in a pulpit and they, you know, well, I'm a pastor and that's it. And, they, you know, I know the Bible and you're to believe me. We're not to believe. We're to test everything. And let me tell you something. Coming up as a kid, I was told that we're to test the spirit using this verse. Test the spirit by the spirit. You ever heard that? Test the spirit. by No, that's not right. You don't test the spirit by the spirit. You test the spirit by the word of God. And there's a whole other teaching. I don't have time to go into it. Pick up 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 in CD tape series. No, you need to test. You need to judge. You need to discern what pastors and teachers and preachers are teaching from the pulpit. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Paul says, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Again, you mark them, you judge them, you discern, and if people are causing division in the church, the Bible says stay away from those people. Avoid them. We're to judge trees. You will know a tree by the fruit that it bears. You should judge a tree. Judge a Christian. And you look at their life and you say, is there fruit coming from their life that looks like the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians chapter 5. Do I see love? Do I see peace? Do I see joy, long-suffering, patience? Do I see the fruit of the Spirit coming from their life? See, the Bible says we are to be fruit inspectors. We need to look at fruit. Judge trees, the Bible says. If a person claims to know Christ or to speak for Christ, we should judge their words. Galatians chapter 1, very important verse, verse 8. If we or any other angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel, let him be accursed. You see, we need to judge. Even if someone comes and says, I'm preaching the gospel, and you read the Bible, and you don't see that gospel that they're preaching, let them be accursed. We need to be judges. We need to judge and discern what people are saying and how they're acting. We're commanded in the scriptures to judge. Now, if that be so, Rodney, then what is this saying? Well, in the Greek language, when Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. In the Greek language, this word judge, you might want to write this down. The word judge that Jesus used is the Greek word krino. K-R-I-N-O. And it literally means to decide, to damn, to punish, or judge to condemnation. 
crino, to judge to condemnation. In other words, we are not to judge to condemnation, watch this, but to identification. We're not to judge to condemnation. You can't send a person to heaven or hell. You cannot condemn a person. Only God can do that. You can't judge to condemnation, but you can and are expected to judge to identification, to identify. And then you move on from identification to restoration. In other words, I see your sin. I'm coming to you. I've identified your sin and I'm coming to you. With a heart of love, with a heart of respect, with a heart of desire to say, God has so much more for you. You shouldn't walk that way. You shouldn't do that. That's not good for you. God loves you, and God has a plan for your life, and God has a purpose for your life, and he wants to do a work in you. Why don't you let him? And with that heart and those words, what you're doing is you're restoring a brother. So no, we're not, to ident- we're not to judge to condemnation because no one can do that. Only God can do that. But we are to judge to identification with the heart of restoration. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Paul the apostle said, brethren or sisterin. It's in the Bible. Sisterin's in the Bible. If a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You see, we should have a heart to restore. You who are spiritual, restore, not reveal such a one, but restore such a one. You who are spiritual, restore, don't remind such a one, but restore such a one. You who are spiritual, Restore such a one, not rebuke such a one. Restore. This word restoration, it means to mend the broken bones. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what God does when he restores you. He mends the broken bones. In other words, we as Christians, we should be spiritual doctors. We should mend the broken bones of people. We should mend them and help them and heal them, not try to find out about them and reveal them and rebuke them. We all know people like that in the church. You know, people, you call them sin sniffers. We, you know, people, I smell sin. Is that sin? Is that, what's, that, what's that smell? What? The sin, the sin in you, brother. We all know people like that. I call them the gospel Gestapo. You know, they peel open their chest, da-da! They got a big G on their chest, the gospel Gestapo. We are members of the God Squad, and we are here to sniff out your sin. Oh, and they pull out the little sinometer, you know. Their sin... I sin, my radar, my sinometer is really going crazy here. There's sin over there. (laughs) Sniffing out. No, that's not the right heart. Amen, saints? That's not sniffing out and finding out, and you're the little God squad, and God has called you to do, you know, to find out and eradicate the church of all of its sin. 
I remember one time a brother did that. I was over in the, the, the church over at the gas station. We called the gas station church. And uh, one day we should just take a trip on the journeys of Calvary Chapel to the trailer and the gas station in here. And, and this guy, I'll never forget, after service, you know, I preached my heart out, y'all. I was sweating. I was preaching so hard. And, and just, you know, I was right in the zone. I felt like things were going well. And at the end of the service, I go outside and I'm just high in Jesus. And this guy comes up to me and he's got on this blue jacket. And I'll never forget it, a little short guy. He had a stack of Bibles that was big as him. Strong's Concordance Dictionary. He brought all this to church. Well, he comes up to me and he's got like this huge thing of books. And he says, well, you know, I just want to tell you something. I said, well, you know, spiritual as I am. I said, um, well, yes, my brother. And he said, well, I just want to tell you that I think that there is sin in the church. Well, what do you mean? Did someone do something to you? I mean, what's the matter? Well, you have a stage in your church. And I tell you, as the Lord liveth, thou has risen up the people above other people. And I'm like, who are you? And what is your problem? Is it drugs? What is it? And all these books. This is all I have. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.